Thank you for listening to the Old English D podcast. New episodes are live every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe and follow to keep up to date on all the new episodes. And as we always say, go Tigers. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Old English DA Detroit Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Casey, as always joined by Josh. How you doing this week, buddy? We're doing pretty good. We are uh, fully involved in the playoff hunt over here, correct? Right? That's that's how this uh, works? No, no, I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't think that is the correct baseball team you're thinking of. Uh, maybe the Mariners? Maybe maybe uh, the Astros, maybe anyone over in the AL West. Got it. Well, I must have been looking at Justin Verlander and wishing for Detroit Tigers times. <laughs> well, didn't he lose? Didn't he lose against the Yankees the other day? I did. I saw Jason Dominguez hit a yeah. home run over to the Crawford. He was boxes. still in the game when it was like five to two. So I don't know what ended up happening with that game. Did not follow it all the way through because it was a bad Verlander start. Um, but I do not think that he fared well against the, as we learned, the, the fighting Yankees that they apparently just decide to, to hit well against against teams that we care about. <sighs> I mean, we figured that we would kickstart their, their uh, second part of their season here. Not that it's going to do much good, but. Yeah, they're not they're not a particularly good baseball team, and they're definitely not going to do anything in the East. But I mean, you put them against the Tigers, any team in the AL East, it's just going to go poorly for us. So I mean, I you know I, I I guess that's just kind of our lot this year. That is that is kind of how it goes, and we have that to talk about, and and much much more because of course this is the old English D a Detroit Tigers podcast where you can get to us on all your podcast services around the globe. You can find us on the socials, of course. I don't know if you realize this, Josh. We're, of course, recording on a Monday, uh, Labor Day, a little holiday, holiday weekend, a little long weekend. We have one more Monday night baseball game. Have you seen this? I was literally just looking at it at the schedule. Again, we talked about it very briefly before we started recording. First of all, the schedule, wacky to start with. Very. Just very very weird. Uh, Second of all, yes, we have no more home Monday games left this year. Zero on Monday. That is odd. I mean, it's nice that this team has some off days down the stretch, you know, as as the season wanes on, but just very odd. I mean, true. We played so many Mondays. If you look to, like, we played so many Mondays throughout the schedule. It's just funny that now in the last month, oh, yeah, we should take three out of the four off. Like, it, it makes zero sense. And then, like, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit, too. But, like, we just played the Yankees at home. And we just played the White Sox away. And then now, we're this week, we're going to play the Yankees away. And we're going to play the White Sox at home. And it's like, we're just inverting the schedule. We're running out of attempts to, to play these teams. So we're just going to throw these guys here at a wall, and we'll, we'll see what sticks. We didn't play the Yankees at all this year. This is the only time we've we really played them. Yeah, I mean... How weird that it's mostly September, like end of August, beginning of September, that this happens. It's just, this is very weird. This, we'll get into it probably after the season's over at this point, but this schedule has been very different, something we are very not used to. But, I mean, even looking forward at some of the schedule, we have two more homestands left, and we have one of the most brutal road trips of the year upcoming that good old west coast i mean it's nice that they technically stay in the same city for two of the games or two of the series uh one against the angels one against the dodgers but if anybody who listens to our podcast has ever been in the city of los angeles it's two different it's two different cities that's how far away it is and that's how long it takes you to get anywhere it's basically moving cities so it's it's just really rough to be out there for a week plus 
and play every day with no off days, it's gonna it's gonna be a rough uh, rough road trip there to end their uh, traveling this year. Hopefully by that time we're already at seventy wins. Ho- hopefully by that time we've already surpassed that seventy win threshold because you know. I, 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 we update the the stats and the and the win loss record, uh, sixty three and seventy four, and with a month left of, of games, seventy games is is very very reachable. It, it would take like you know we were talking a little bit before, it takes something catastrophic, to to happen to 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 implode for us to not reach seventy wins at this point. Uh, I just hope that it happens before that West Coast series, like you're saying. Yeah, I mean. There's there's even winnable games there and after, but we would like to go into that last homestand, be able to spend all of our attention on, you know, bidding farewell to Miggy and and things like that, sewing up the different statistical categories that we'll look at and, and not really worry about the win-loss record and kind of see where we're at. We do have winnable games left on our schedule. That is That is for sure and we're going to catch some teams at probably a good time a la some white Sox games probably catch some angels games when they're not really contending hopefully we could take back the season series against oakland and then yeah like we said kansas city and cleveland to end the year so should be interesting you bring up you bring up miggy did you see that those last Really, it's the last series, the Cleveland series. You see that's almost sold out or pretty much standing room only at this point. Yeah, I mean, as it should be, to, to, be, oh, 100%. to be fair. Yeah. But it's... I wanted to go, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. We, we, had, we had ideas as a family to, to maybe go, but it doesn't, doesn't seem like it'd be a very great experience. Um, it'd be cool to be a part of, and I would love it, but it would not be very fun to watch a baseball game standing room only. Um, so I, I had aspirations. I wanted to, to make that trip. But as, as we kind of uh, linger on in the season, it is, it is cool that he is turning back the clock a little bit and, and not actually just laying over and, and taking his lumps. And he's actually contributing. And so like that, that makes all of this a lot harder as a, as a baseball fan and specifically a Tigers fan because it's like, oh, yeah, we are really losing a legend. He, he is... I just I hope they just hire him immediately in some kind of advisory role to begin with. But I I wouldn't be surprised if he's, uh, you know, as at least part of the, um, the the hitting coach staff at some point. He's not going to take over as hitting coach. I mean, he might already kind of have that role. Um, but I I think they're pretty all in on Berdar. But I guess at least be a voice. Um, kind of like Leland is, but I don't know. We'll see how all that turns out. But we do, we do have some things to look forward to as as the season drains on. Um, as I said, yeah, now we are sixty three and seventy four, three games back of second. As uh, as we go, um, kind of reminder that our preseason over under in all the uh, in all the betting um, books and and the various uh, draft sport or draft kings rather and 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 uh, what's that? What's the name of the um, the predictions Z, zim would start with a z zips don't tell me no oh, sorry. is it no it, maybe it is zips maybe yeah it's like but it's like z lowercase i mm-hmm. ps or something like that yeah yeah whatever it is uh they had us at 69 and a half so again gonna take something imploding for that to not happen uh hilarious that they had us that bad but uh we've we've cobbled together at least a respectable baseball season um last week of games includes uh, a five game losing streak if you go into uh that uh, end of the astro series and then we got uh we got put out by the by the yankees at home which was unfortunate so we lost three of four to the yankees did pick up the the win at the end so that was important and then we swept the white Sox. Um, so pretty much exactly how we said it was going to go. Um, I know we wanted to win more games, but I pretty much said, like, eh, I don't really care if we don't beat the Yankees. I just really want to beat the White Sox. Um, kind of compartmentalizing those two series, do you have anything really to say about that Yankees series besides uh, bad offense, mediocre pitching, and uh, not a lot of timely hitting? Do you any, any other thoughts? Not really. I mean – we we've said it before uh yankees are not a good baseball team they've been pretty flawed all year long kind of as a testament you can see they're under 500 still and 
you know, admittedly a tough division, but for the Yankees, they were they were fully in the middle of the playoff hunt, at least on the prediction side and things like that. But to them, for them to be this bad is impressive. But this last week, uh, especially those four games we played against the Yankees, and even in the game we won, I feel like it was much of an indictment on how the Tigers played and where the Tigers are at rather than where the Yankees are at. Uh, the Tigers basically gave three games to the New York Yankees and kind of almost seems like it kick-started them because they played quite good against the Astros this weekend as well. But, yeah, I mean, no offense. Pitching was mediocre. And it's a, it's a recipe for even a half-competent comp- baseball team to, to do some – to perform pretty poorly. So uh, I didn't really – have much of a you know a, a thought on this I mean it was predictable I mean it seems like that's typically what happens with the Yankees for whatever reason and it gives us something to look forward to for the next three days as we'll get on to uh towards the end of the podcast today but yeah I mean what what else is there to say Tigers did not play good in any phase of the game any any phase of baseball that you look at we were pretty bad so yeah this the series was overall pretty rough you, you did mention the the one win um shout out to matt manning he, he did have a typical uh matt manning start where he uh shoved but it really doesn't look like he shoved you know not a lot of strikeouts um kind of spraying the ball around as he does and, and missing on location time and time again but he just he worked out of it you know effectively wild um he he did have a good start uh in the last game of that series and then uh they they continued to to uh try to figure out their bullpen with a um whimpering Alex Lang who they tried to to put him in a safe situation he's he's kind of come back with a little bit more fastball command and again it's made his curveball look a little bit better um he was two pitches away from a 3-0 Tigers win and then the Yankees happened, <laughs> and they tied it up with three on Homer. Uh, Alex was in disbelief the the entire time. He he went back to the guy. I don't even think he really knew what happened. Um, one, I don't think he thought that that ball was had any chance of leaving the yard. Um, and then two, he just ended the inning like nothing had happened, and and he actually you know didn't really allow any other damage. So that that was good. But then you know they they showed like pictures of him in, in the uh, in the dugout just like pacing and stuff, and it's like oh yeah, this is this is not great. Uh, and then uh, as the most Tigers twenty twenty three thing um, that could possibly be, we won on a walk off error. Uh, I don't think we win that game after after the three run homer um, from the Yankees. Uh, it felt very. It, there was a. There was another game this year. Um, I think it was another Lang blown save where it just it felt like it was too easy the entire game. Again, Manning got away with a lot of pitches. Um, the Yankees kind of fell over. They felt like they already won the series. Our offense wasn't particularly great, but they did just enough. Um, and it, it just felt like the whole time it's like this is too easy. This this feels like a minor league baseball game. How is this going to turn on its head? And sure enough, there there it goes. The the bullpen does its its thing. Um, it, it was for me, a very, um, unfortunate series that just kind of paints a picture of, of the 2023 Detroit Tigers. Um, and, and that we are very up and down and it even kind of, uh, goes a little bit further in, in the White Sox series, um, where we just immediately appear to have an offense uh, like all of a sudden and, and a lot of that is pitch mix a lot of that is the pitches you're facing and and what they're trying to do to you there was great pitching the Yankee series i.e. Garrett Cole um, and so it, it is a little bit different White Sox do not have a Garrett Cole on their staff but it is just so weird how our, our plate approach and it seems like our preparedness is is very very different um, when it when it comes to a team that's specifically in the AL Central, we we just cannot figure out the AL East. Um, but that White Sox series was a lot a lot better. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean it's like I was mentioning earlier as well. The White Sox are also not a good baseball team, but in much of a much a different way. Uh, to be bad in the AL Central takes some doing this year, and the White Sox are proving uh, a blueprint of how to do that. Um, quite dysfunctional 
uh, in most phases of the game. But to be able to do the kind of things we did against the White Sox after kind of laying down against the Yankees for most of that series, it's it was pretty great to see, uh, which I don't think we would have seen earlier in the year. There, I mean, you even point back to the 11-game losing streak, and I think this team can prove that, especially without Riley on the field, they can go on some losing streaks and have some slumps and just kind of not even look like they're a part of the game, and they didn't. They came out the game after Riley got hurt and blew out the White Sox 10 to nothing. And everyone contributed, especially in the next three games. It might not look like much, especially on that Sunday game of 3-2, to two, but we hit a lot better than three runs, maybe not picking up enough runners on base or something like that. But, man, it has been so much fun to watch Spencer Torkelson grow this year I can even admit where I was I was kind of defending a losing cause there at the beginning of the year he started off very very slow he looked like Spencer Torkelson from last year where he didn't have the confidence at the plate but he has picked it back up and he has got to 25 home runs this year and to be honest with you if you would have told me at the beginning of the year in September on September the 4th, Labor Day, Spencer Torkelson would be hitting 230 with 25 home runs with a OPS of 758, uh, just a slightly above 100 OPS plus at 105. I probably wouldn't have been, would, wow, I'm going to try that one more time, folks. I probably would have been pretty happy. That's, that is a vast improvement from last year where he was negative 1.2 war last year this year being half like 0.5 war it really feels like with Torkelson it's going to be these baby steps if he can figure out how to play to this level for a full 162 games I think he's going to really prove the value of that 1-1 overall pick it's it's been so much fun what we really need to figure out is how we are going to get him to hit some home runs with people on base Casey and I started noticing this probably, what, 10 home runs ago? At least. At least. Right around there. Mm-hmm. We were like, wow, there doesn't ever seem to be somebody on base when Torque hits a home run. Like, it's always solo home run, solo home run. And we, I went back and did some digging, and 15 out of his 25 home runs have been solo home runs. And I get it. This team isn't great, but you would think that they'd have at least one guy on every once in a while. But I don't, I don't remember him hitting a, a home run with somebody on base in the last two months. It's, it feels like it's been a while. And he's hit a lot of home runs in the last 60 days to get to 25. We, he's got to get – he can't have 72 RBIs and 25 home runs. Like, he's hit quite a bit better than that. And I think it's apparent with his slugging number being 441. But – I don't know. It, it just feels like he should have some more RBIs. He should be – those home runs should be quite a bit more effect on the game than it seems like he has. But he seemed to be the difference on Wednesday or uh, Sunday against the Cub. Wow. It has been a long day, folks. I do apologize. <laughs> the I am, White Sox. I am struggling over here. Uh, the Chicago White Sox. He was the pivotal home run there. Um, but, yeah, it's been fun to watch Torque, especially – late in the season here really find his groove to your to your cubs slash white Sox, uh i would easily mess that up too so you're you're not alone you're you're not alone on that one don't feel too bad um i think it's some bad luck with torque i really do uh it, it's it's a better approach this year all around we're, we're getting on base more and so i i think with that it just becomes a little bit harder to to um make those moments matter and I think uh, you know the they, old adage in baseball is power is the last thing to develop um, I, I don't necessarily know if that's true I think clutch is one of those tools that's like one of those last tools as a major leaguer that you really figure out um, Torque has proven a lot to me this year um, he's, he's made me almost look like, like a bad predictor and that that's exactly what we wanted to see out of him and so I think the clutch will come 
Um, it has to. It really does at this point where, you know, if, if the approach does continue to pan out, if we continue to get on base more, he's just got to have more patient at-bats with, with runners on. Um, and I, I think it will come. Um, to him to getting 25 home runs, that is a lot of what we wanted to see. Um, I think the reason he kind of stays within that you know, 0.5 war or whatever it may be that you that you cited, I think it has a lot to do with those uh, lack of RBIs and lack of big-time uh, moments capitalizing on those, those runners on base. He seems to still... Um, drive the ball well when runners are on base though he gets a lot of timely doubles I will say um and and he still hits the ball hard when he needs to and so I I think the power in those moments again will come with just a little bit more patience at at, uh when when runners are on base but Torque Torque is doing the thing he he is doing exactly what he needs to he is a catalyst in this lineup and it's what we wanted to see um, not to be overshadowed, though, Miguel Cabrera is also doing the thing. He had a four-hit game, um, three RBIs, and, and he really propelled the, the Tigers in that 10-0 uh, win. And so I think it's really this really interesting, cool handoff between Miguel and, and Torque. Um, I, I think Miggy has a great relationship with everyone, but I think especially with, with Torque, um, kind of being his his you know guy that's going to take over for him and 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 be the the face of a franchise that has really only seen Miguel Cabrera at first base for a long time at this point, and so it's cool that they're both uh, hitting on 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 all cylinders kind of to end the year. Um, it's it's something that's again we, if if Miggy wasn't doing this well, uh, it would make all of the pomp and circumstance of, of the farewell tour and then then the celebrations and all that it would just feel empty and and feel like kind of worthless but the fact that he actually goes out there and still against major league pitching rakes is so cool and like and it's 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 awesome to see so um the the sun setting and then the sun rising of those two careers is, is a really interesting dichotomy that that is not overlooked um, um by by us over here um, some also really important pitching happened in that series. Um, Erod um, looked really good again. Scooble, of course, and Tigers Player of the Week, Reese Olsen, uh, had a couple great outings. Um, he's he's come back with a little bit different. We've talked about this a little bit, but a little bit different shape on his slider. He started to throw the change up a little bit more, get a little bit more confidence with it. Um, the the pitching it seems like. Um, to, to end the year has has really put it upon themselves to, to make a statement that the whole, you know, whatever happened with Erod at the trade deadline, um, whatever happened with, um, you know, <laughs> the Turnbull situation, which we'll get into, it's it's been a cobbled mess. But they've really, very under the radar, put together some really important innings, um, especially with the likes of Fiedo and, and Reese Olsen. Um, kind of at the back end of the rotation, who are young guys who are just putting innings that they putting in innings that they never thought they would really have to in in 2023, um, and so that that White Sox series, while they're a bad team and while they're the AL Central, you know we we just seem to play well against them. Uh, I think was kind of a statement for for us. Um, you know, I, I know AJ will always say like, oh yeah, you know I'd want to win every game, and, and, and because they they asked him, you know, isn't it cool that you guys solidified a winning record against the AL Central? And he's like, yeah, it kind of is but I also want to win everything so it's like baby steps we're 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 gonna be we're gonna be okay um we don't even really have to play the central this well um you know to to be good we probably should play other teams this well um as we can see that you know playing the division it's it's helpful it's good playing the division well is helpful and it's good uh, but it still doesn't necessarily get you all the wins you need to and so even if we don't next year play them to this dominating of a factor, the fact that we're kind of setting this precedent of the Tigers are a formidable force in the, in the AL Central, which we have not been the last few years, is, is an important baby step. Um, I think everything that, that has kind of gone on with the Central this year and how much of a laughingstock they've been, if you really take a look at it and say there were actually you know some teams in there that that made big strides I think the one that made the biggest of strides was the Tigers um and and, you know as a national recognition kind of level not saying that we'll ever get that um but there there could be some some statements to be made about that as well um the 
unfortunate thing that happened in the, in the middle of the of the series, um, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, was Riley made a dive for a catch, and uh, he was actually playing left field that day, and made a Superman diving catch, copyright pending, and he laid out for it, landed a little funny on his elbow, looked okay for a minute, and then got up little slow but then he went back out and he was fine um but then that all led to actually Andre Lipsius who they called up for one of the September call-ups um replaced him in the order pinch hit for him and then it was like oh okay what's what's wrong with Riley again um seems like prognosis on him for the moment is elbow inflammation he is officially on the 10-day IL um but it seems like they're going to give him a week to see if like they everything shapes out for him um, but it could be the end of Riley's season. What are your thoughts on that? I have some opinions on this whole situation. Uh, first of all, Riley is in danger, and maybe this is going to come off as a little harsh, but Riley is in danger of becoming the newest edition of the Derek Hill experience. And... Obviously, two very different situations, two different players, two very different outlooks on a career at this point. But what is the biggest thing that we could point to to say was the issue for Derek Hill in a Tigers uniform? He would play really great until he got hurt all the time. There was always something going on with him. He'd get into something, a running base running thing at first base, and he'd get hurt and go on the IL for a while. He'd make a running catch in the outfield, up against the wall, would go on the aisle. It would always seem to be something with Derrick Hill. And I think we can confidently say that's probably one of the biggest disruptions to his career. And he's bounced around to a couple different teams now. But I just don't want that to become how Riley's Green's career goes and how that all spirals down. I know it's probably not even close to the same, but it just gives me that, that same vibe. As what happened with him um the other part of me really wonders whether this is a detroit tigers you know it's september there's a month left we're really not playing for much we really want to kind of protect our assets here we know we have a really good player he doesn't really have a ton left to prove this year he kind of got a little dinged up on this play maybe we would just cut our losses now let him heal up let him have an off season and come back hopefully uh smoothly into the year next year I do wonder whether or not that could be the case. I know teams do do that from time to time. And I wonder if we will hear, you know, whenever this, you know, week to week kind of thing comes out where they're like, yeah, he's still got some information. We're just going to go ahead and shut him down for the season. Whether that will come out as more of like, we're just, we're just going to shut him down for safety and something like that. It's, it's definitely not – I don't think a lot of players who get labeled as injury-prone are ever at fault for that, or maybe not a majority of the time. But it's really frustrating to watch. It's really frustrating to have a player that you're really excited to watch and play a ton, and this happens quite a bit. It, it leads to the question of, you know, should they be going above and beyond to make these plays that they're making? Should he be jumping at the wall, crashing into the wall? Should he be diving for these balls? Different stuff like that. And I, it, it goes to the, is he going to be the same ball player if he doesn't do it? And some guys just can't turn that off. Some guys cannot operate without going at 110%. And I do think that's Riley in the outfield to a T there's nothing he's going to do that's going to stop him from making the play or at least making an attempt on the ball um but it's 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 become a detriment before and we're seeing it again I don't know how much his you know stress fract like reaction thing that happened in his leg in uh June is related to that but I just wonder whether you know whether or not it was it was all necessary I, I have questions about that do you, do you think it was? Do you think he should have dove for the ball? He caught it. Yeah, it's an out, and it, it's uh, one out of 27. 
in September where the the game doesn't really matter. Do do you think he should have dove for? As a Tigers fan, as a fan of the organization, the Detroit Tigers, do I think he should have? No. But if he stops doing that, is he still the Riley Green that we love to watch and the Riley Green that could become a fantastic baseball player? Probably not. So I don't think there's a right answer to the question, but it it definitely raises an interesting situation. Yeah, I saw this argument kind of uh, percolating in in Tiger's Twitter, and I could not be more upset about it. Like, of course you die for the ball. Of course you die for it. You feel like you have a chance to make an out in, in a Major League Baseball game, and then you make the out? Those are precious, and and you're exactly right. He's not the Riley Green that Detroit appreciates without diving for that ball. You're not gonna you're not gonna ask Riley Green to turn off his competitive spirit. That that is Riley Green like that. Like yeah, he got hurt. Okay, I mean that that happens and it's unfortunate and it sucks. And you know, I mean it hurts a little bit less right now because we're not paying him a lot of money. Um, but what if Javi got hurt in all of those attempts for the magical plays that he makes all the time? You know, would we would be mad at Javi? You know, if, if he broke an arm at one point? I don't. I don't think so. I don't like. I I, I think he makes important plays and an important part of, of baseball at the major league level is the defense. And so I I cannot believe that people were even suggesting that he he shouldn't have uh, dove for the ball because it's just like. No, if you don't, one, you're at risk of getting benched because A.J. cares about this stuff. Um, and, and you know, he, he's one of those managers that if you're not running out the ball, which we kind of see with Javi right now, you know, you're, you're not feeling 100%. You feel like you can't contribute 100% of yourself to the, to the win and try and win today's game. Uh, you're going to quickly get noticed by the wrong people um, and get on the wrong side of A.J. Hinch and company. And then, two, it, it just goes to the Detroit spirit. Like that, that is what makes a Detroit ball player, a Detroit ball player. Like we love that. Like that is the mentality that we want to, um, that we want to keep going and that we want to uh, promote as a, as an organization. And so I, anyone that'd be mad about him diving for a ball in September, um, at the risk of himself and laying himself out for everything that he does, uh, is silly and, and they, they should not really be speaking out against that because it's 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 exactly what we want to see out of out of Riley um and really everyone out in that and you know in in any position out there because you you do everything you can to to get the out um I think um when when things go poorly it's really easy to be like oh yeah no he shouldn't have done that but what if he doesn't get hurt there you know if, if he doesn't get hurt there no one's no one cares and we're glad he made the out um, it, it is, you know, Matt Shepard said it a little bit too on the broadcast, a little bit, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. And it, it's true. It, it is, it is, it is a situation where, you know, if you go for it, you make the catch, great. You're applauded. Um, you don't do it and you get questions about your, your, um, maybe athletic ability, but two really your competitive spirit. And so I'm, I'm glad he dove for it. I'm glad that he made that statement. Um, we'll see. I don't think they should play him anymore. I think, you know, they, they tried everything they could. They called up Parker to take over center field, moved him to the corners. Um, this is becoming a little bit of a pattern with Riley, and that's a little bit concerning, of course. Um, but a lot of these are kind of freak injuries. Um, to your Derrick Hill point, uh, I don't think that we're in a Derrick Hill situation <laughs> um, yet. Uh, of course, he has a little bit different uh Bat with bat tool for 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 Griley Green than True. than Derek Hill of course, uh, but their first first they're, they're both first round picks. Um, one just turned out a little bit better, um, but the the injury discussion is is definitely becoming a little bit more too routine too routine for for our boy Riley. So hopefully we can shape that up, um, and hopefully he just doesn't get these random freak injuries. Um, Andre Lipsius had to take over for for him in that game that he he got hurt, and he was one of the September call-ups. Miguel Diaz, pitcher, um, right-handed pitcher from Toledo, was the other call-up. You made a a really good call on this, actually, uh, last week, that you kind of look out for for Lipsius. 
um, who's an infielder, can kind of make some help um, or help us out in the infield, rather. Um, I think the biggest thing was, one, he has not debuted, and he's he's been in the minors for quite some time. Um, and two, he was on the 40-man roster. And so it just it made that... Um, made that transaction a lot easier for the Tigers. I still don't necessarily love it. Of course, I'd like to have a little bit more excitement for, for the September call-ups, but he made his mark. Um, in that 10-0 game, he got the party started, and uh, his first Major League hit, first Major League RBI, and his first Major League home run. What have we seen so far, Andre Lipsius? I feel kind of bad for him because Parker did this better days before, but it's it's super cool and i hope that tigers fans don't take this kind of stuff for granted because this is the cool part of baseball this is the awesome part things that happen in the game of baseball that you don't get in any other sport there's no way for you to get this kind of thing in basketball or football or or anything like that because there's no minor league system there's nothing like that this is super fun to watch a guy that you know he's been in the minors this is his fourth year in the minors got drafted in 2019 and he's he's there for his team and he knows he knows how to to put the bat to the ball he's you know struggled to put it all together so far in all of his at bats but to have this moment for him where he hits this home run and for his first hit and he gets all of that you know applause and to be a part of a big game for a team too that's so big for a player's confidence as well uh hopefully we get to see some more of the same from him the rest of the year to your point uh the prediction of him coming up was more of a i know the tigers aren't wanting to bring up uh justin henry malloy or Colt Keith to this point. So we're now talking about the guys down the list, a guy that's not going to take a roster move, which they've been doing a ton of anyway. Uh, but you have to, at some point, figure out what you have from these guys. He's hitting pretty well in AAA. And if he's hitting okay in AAA, then there's nothing else for him to really prove there. You have to figure out what he can do against major league pitching. You have to figure it out at some point and no time like the present and if you're not going to bring up one of your top guys until next year then you may as well see what you have and that's exactly what they're doing with him and with their roster their 40-man roster sitting at 39 right now i wouldn't be surprised if we see one one or two more whether it's a pitcher or a hitter uh another guy get get a shot late in the year here i thought it was really cool that lipsius has a twin <laughs> I didn't see that. That was funny. Yeah, it was so weird. Like they're like identical twins too. And and I mean, of course, Johnny Kane interviewed the whole family once it happened and stuff. And uh, an awesome moment for him. Um, I, I do you have his AAA stats? Um, I don't know if you have them real quick. Um, but yeah, I I think it was a more exciting move than Mayton, who was my prediction. So like I was happy about that. Um, and he's kind of a name that they got to figure out what they have with him. Um, they have to figure out if, if he is able to contribute, um, if he can actually do something for this ball club and the organization going forward. Um, but really, and, and the, one of the biggest problems is they kind of have a log jam in the infield. Um, you know, and, and they got to figure out if they can find this guy at bats. So I think uh, this is pretty much his chance to, to say, hey, I've revamped my approach. We're kind of more of a Scott Harris situation. Um, and hopefully, hopefully he can uh, keep up the approach that he's had in AAA. What were some of those stats that you saw? Uh, yeah, so in AAA this year, he played 97 games, so quite a sample size. Uh, he had 419 played appearances, <clears throat> uh, 98 hits, 16 doubles, 2 triples, 11 homers, 58 RBIs. Uh, 52 walks to 74 strikeouts. I think that's another big reason why he's you know, getting this opportunity as well as he can control the strike zone. Uh, 272 batting average, 363 on-base percentage, and a 782 OPS. Obviously, there's no OPS mm-hmm. plus in the minors, but that's pretty darn good for that amount of time. And it's a, it's like I said, it's a great sample size. Yeah. 
Um, I think if if he can do even just a little bit of that, obviously, you know, a few at-bats in, in September are going to make or break his career. Um, but if he can bring even half of that and then bring some of that mentality, I think one of the things that, of course, Scott loves is that new approach. Um, seems like he takes a lot of walks, too. Um, so I, we'll, we'll see if it continues. Um, seems like he's getting a lot of starts at third base, too. So, you know, maybe booze off uh, McKinstry and Veerling, and, and they can kind of go to the outfield a little bit more. Um, Miguel Diaz, interesting that we see him again. Um, he, of course, has made his debut for the Tigers before, um, but I think he was closing out games in, in AAA, and don't quote me, but I think he had like a 5 ERA, but of course, one bad outing for a bullpen arm can, can kind of derail your whole season, um, but he looked pretty good in, in his one inning of work that we've seen, pumping 97, got a nice 90 mile an hour changeup, um, kind of revamped pitch mix that he's, he's including, um, might kind of make the the move to to cut Cisnero a little bit easier. Um, of course, they they put Cisnero on waivers when all the waiver craziness was happening in baseball. Uh, Cisnero did not get claimed. Um, he is still a Tiger for now, but it seems like his days are, are kind of numbered for the Tigers. So he might be a good Cisnero uh, replacement. What do you see out of him so far? Uh, Diaz was a guy that I was really kind of thinking would make the team out of spring training. I think he was made my final roster cut list right before the Tigers made their actual cuts. Um, it looks like that was probably a decent decision that the Tigers made not to have him just because of that ERA. He has 57 innings in AAA. Uh, that's a that's a decent chunk for a reliever. Uh, 14 saves. Uh, I'm trying to. Figure out. Baseball reference doesn't have a save opportunity line for some reason. Just saves. Helpful. Which Helpful. doesn't really tell you because you could blow 30 saves and have 14 and that would be awful. Or you could be 14 of 14 and that would be amazing. But it doesn't say anywhere for his minor league stats. So I will have to look that up later and kind of figure that out. But uh, 26 walks to 73 strikeouts. That's a pretty good rate. Uh, you would like his whip to be a little lower. It's at 1.4. Um, but you, you can't you can't complain about, you know, clean innings. And that's what he's given the Tigers so far in his one appearance. Um, this is, again, I think another one of those dual-sided decisions for the Tigers. A, you've seen what you have with Cisnero. There's obviously a age part of that. There's obviously a you know opportunity part. He's had an opportunity. And then, like I said with Lipschitz, you have to see what you have with a guy. He's been in the organization for – this is his second year in the organization. He's had some pretty limited outings with Detroit all in all, a total of 4.2 innings with the Tigers. Uh, you kind of have to give him a little bit of a runway to see what he has at this point. Uh, this is, you know, most likely not. No offense to Diaz, but probably his last opportunity with the Tigers. You know, he's 28. If he doesn't perform here, where do you go from there? I'm excited. It's this is my favorite part of late season baseball for a team that isn't in a playoff hunt because you get to see what you have with. All of your guys. Anybody you have a question on, anybody you kind of want to see, okay, what do we have here? Is he ready to kind of take that jump and see if he can perform? You let him do it. You let him figure it out. And if they sink, great. If they swim, great. Obviously, you don't do this with your very tip tip of the iceberg guys. But this is a perfect situation to give Miguel Diaz some playing time, some innings, and see what he can do. Because you never know what you might be able to find. Yeah, and to your point about the the roster being at 39 men, I, I don't think uh, we're done with the roster churn here in, in mm-hmm. September. I think we still probably see a couple more moves, um, whether it's Lipsius or, or Andre or sorry and Miguel, sure I should say uh, Diaz get the uh, get the you know kind of change out and see if they go back or whatever. I don't know if that will happen, but I think that maybe there's still some potential for for some shifting of of guys. 
um, because there there are still other there are still other names that we we have yet to see that are kind of at that clock where it's like okay what do we have what do we not have um, but it, it will probably not be the the Malloys and the, and the Colt Keys as we've as we've mentioned um, I don't think we're going to see Miguel Diaz closing out games anytime soon for the Tigers um, so I, th- I think I think they're just kind of seeing what they they have as far as the mid relief role um, I do like to see 97 out of our guys um, mm-hmm. that's important. Um, and you know, if he can figure out that third pitch, which is kind of the, the X factor for, for the major leagues and figuring out if you can, you can really round out your repertoire. Um, we'll see if he can make it, uh, as, as a, a staple in the, in the bullpen. But as you said, 28 times running out, times running out, um, something else, someone else, I should say that time is running out on is, uh, our Ben's, our boy, Spencer Turnbull, our boy, Spencer Turnbull is at it again. Um, this time he is refusing to make a start in AAA because of a cracked toenail that he reported to, to AJ and company. Um, wh- what do we even do with, with this situation anymore? I mean, obviously we've, we've shared our opinions before, but this just feels like another chapter that needs to be written on the Spencer Turnbull saga. Will Turnbull be even a part of this organization? in 2024 I don't know how they get rid of him I don't know like I, I mean you can cut him I guess but I, I feel like at some point you just kind of want an innings eater to see if you can make anything out of him but w- what are your thoughts on this whole Turnbull situation dude this is so weird and I will go back to a argument that I had on this situation back when it originally originated after the St. Louis series I don't understand the benefit of all of the antics. And we should be clear, we don't know 100% sure that this is, you know, a ploy or, you know, an ego thing or whatever the case may be. We don't really know exactly what's going on. But you kind of get a feeling at this point, once you get to the cracked toenail phase of things, you kind of get a feeling of what may be happening. Um,. He's still technically arbitration eligible next year if you're wondering about the contract side of things. But I just don't understand the positive that could come out of this from him for for him as a player in his career or for the organization. A, if you claim an injury, real or fake, no matter what it is, you'll have to rehab that injury and then you will have to make a start or a few starts at triple a double a single a whatever anyway no matter what it is so you're already going to be pitching in triple a that's great whatever you have to pitch you have to throw the ball and you have to show the organization that you can pitch well at some point whether that's on an assignment to triple a like everybody else, whether that's a rehab assignment, whether that's, you know, in a bullpen session, at some point you have to be able to throw the ball effectively to the plate. And Spencer Trimble has not done that. He's not done it in the major leagues this year. He's not done it in a rehab assignment yet this year. But then he refuses to just take an assignment to AAA. This is how baseball works. This is how baseball has worked for a long, long time. If you cannot perform well, you go to the minor leagues. I understand that he's almost 31. I understand that he may think he deserves a better opportunity in the majors, coming back from Tommy John and all of that. But if you can't pitch well on a rehab assignment to AAA, what are we doing? What What is the point? I just don't understand this is clearly antics at this point in my head this is just a way to get out of a straight up assignment to triple a to become a triple a baseball player full on and i just do not get it because it's really really hurting his career in the long term there's no way around it this is not doing good things for his career not working well with an organization not doing the things needed to do that a good baseball player does to earn back the trust of an organization if he accepts this you know assignment to triple a 
and works through some of the things that every pitcher is going to have to work through when they come back from Tommy John, gets the control back, gets the velocity back, gets that just confidence in your arsenal back that everybody has to go through. Like I said, you will get back that confidence in the organization. If you go down to AAA and you mess up some, you pitch pretty eh, but you're coming back from Tommy John, the team's going to understand. The team's going to understand that. But if you're going down and claiming an injury just so you don't have to accept this assignment to AAA and then you pitch in the, I forget where his ERA was at. It was in the fives and sixes, I think, at one point. It I probably it was, was sevens. Up, I think it was yeah. in the sevens at one point. Yeah. If you're up there, that's not inspiring confidence in anybody and you're being belligerent and not trying to work with the system. So you're not being a team player. You're not helping your career. I don't understand. Do you think they give him a chance next season to, to make the rotation and actually be a part of the, the major league team? I think it depends on how his attitude is in the offseason, how willing he is mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. work with the team and work with people and how his performance is in the offseason. If they if he comes into spring training next year and he's you know, firing mid-90s with movement and he has control, then I think they give him an opportunity. But if he's not complying to what the team are asking him to do already then what's what's the point of having him around yeah talk about a fall from grace too i mean you know like obviously most significant moment of his career was the no hitter and really the most uh integral thing he's done as a tiger was that no hitter um and then 16 months later you're in the minors and not meshing well with any one of the new regime and doesn't seem like you're in the good graces of AJ. Um, it's, it's just, it's so unfortunate how, how quickly these things can go down. Um, feels like just yesterday that, that we were cheering him on and, and being excited for his, for his tenure and really his future. Um, but it seems like things have gone sideways pretty quickly. Um, I do not think that he gets a, a shot I think they've they've moved on. Uh, whether that means he gets cut, whether that means he, he you know just has to kind of linger in the organization, I don't think that's really a productive use of his time. And I think they would do him the the service, and and uh, they they wouldn't want to hold him back. Um, so they'd probably just let him go, um, see if he can go you know make it with a different team. But it seems like they've they've moved on to to other pieces that they like want to see more of um and and he's kind of been overlooked in the, in the depth chart and so i i do not think that he's going to get uh, another go around with this team which is super sad cuz he 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 is frontline stuff he really does he, he he when he's on just uh not this year not this year at all um same kind of things happening with Javi where um, you know, he's he's not feeling 100%. He's uh, not playing as much. And it seems like kind of down the stretch here, they're going to take a look at some other guys and different at, uh, and have different looks um, as far as the lineup goes, where it kind of puts into question what his role with the, with the 2024 Tigers is going to be. Um, obviously, a lot more money due to him than, than Spencer Turnbull um, and a little bit more of a save face situation with the with the organization but Javi's kind of fallen from grace too what do, what do we think of this a uh, little bit more limited playing time for Javi Baez again what what is the 2023 Detroit Tigers team there has been more drama in this baseball team this year than I ever thought possible and not all of it good but very, very weird end to the year for Javi. Hopefully, he can start feeling more like himself. Because um, the Tigers are going to be faced with a very, very difficult situation going into the offseason. Because if Javi's agent is any value as an agent at all, he will have him opt into this contract. And that means he's going to be owed $25 million every year for the next four years. And that's a lot of money for the Tigers to eat. And I don't think this is a Madison Bumgarner situation. I don't think that's something that the Tigers are willing to do. Because that's 
it's just shy of a hundred million dollars they'll have to I, I don't know the exact contract language and how it what it would take to get out of that deal but it's just he's him and Tim Anderson have been the worst qualified hitters this year uh, in all of baseball and that's that's saying something when you're compared to uh, a floundering Tim Anderson at this point um it's just very sad to see because I I was very excited about Javi. He's so much fun to watch on defense. He when he gets a hold of the ball, it's a lot of fun. He provides this energy, this uh, this spirit to the baseball team that is this really awesome. But we've seen two years of it now. We've seen two years of decent defense, a rough accuracy arm and very mediocre hitting at best, I would say. So there's not a lot here that makes you excited, and I think that's exactly the reason why the Tigers have brought guys like Lipschitz up, giving guys like Maton and Banez short more time to play. Side comment, that double play to end the game the other night was Fantastic from Ibanez. Fantastic. Electric. Sick. Uh, But that's the reason why they're giving those guys an opportunity is because, you know, they're, they don't know a hundred percent what they have with them and they'd like to see it. And, you know, if hobbies is what it is at this point, and we're pretty sure it is, his performance is what it is. I mean, why, why would you spend more time and watch that? And, you know, drag the team down at this point because that's that's a negative performance when it comes to the team so uh it's going to be a rough decision i think this offseason is going to be super interesting if they can somehow find a way to free up some money i can see a way where they try to get out of this deal somehow however that happens i'm not 100 percent sure um he's mm-hmm. definitely not in the scott harris mold we can say that for sure yeah, I, I don't think you can do anything too drastic with it, though. I feel like you've kind of made your bed with it. Um, maybe later in the contract you can you can try to, yeah, finagle your way out of it. Um, and maybe that's just my bias because I really do like Javi. Uh, I was going to bring up, too, the Zach Short thing where they're not losing too much on defense. Like, clearly we're not losing – or clearly it's not Javi and El Mago at, at, at Short. Um, but also Javi makes a lot of errors at Short, too. And so with Zach Short being there, we're not losing a whole lot. And so the, the El Mago magic kind of kind of flickers and, and dies out. Um, the, we knew what we were getting with Javi. We, we knew that he was a swing and miss and a catalyst in the lineup and, and very, very high and very, very low. Um, but I don't think really anyone expected this to a degree. Um, it, it's definitely not what Alavila had in mind or anyone had in mind when they when they signed that contract. Um, some of the peripherals on him were definitely questionable, but when they weren't willing to to do the Carlos Correa thing, um, which I mean, yeah, look at that. I mean, that didn't necessarily turn out great for the Twins either. Um, you just it's tough to predict a, a player's window. It's just it's really really tough to predict if they can keep on. Um, this into their 30s um, and, and keep that level of production into their, some would argue, not prime of their career. Um, and, and the thing with Javi, I think he needs to go on a real journey of, of self-discovery and figure out how to make himself valuable to the team. I think a lot of that has to do with um, him moving around the diamond. I think he needs to accept taking some ground balls at second um, I don't necessarily think third would be the greatest place for him in his arm. Um, I obviously first base is taken. Um, I don't see him in the outfield necessarily, but maybe that's a situation where if they need a right-handed outfielder at that day, they can kind of mix and match. Um, he, he needs to find a way to, to add some versatility because they need to free up that shortstop place where, you know, that, that role, um, not necessarily saying that they're going to sign someone or add a big ticket free agent, but maybe that adds the opportunity to do that if, if Javi is, is willing to shift. 
um, or make some kind of uh, adjustment, and then we can make uh, you know an acquisition that that makes us better. Um, I think Javi is a part of the 2026 Detroit Tigers. Um, is he batting fourth? No, definitely not. Um, he's even batted eighth a couple times um, in the last couple weeks. Um, and and to the you know him not feeling a totally hundred percent, I do wonder what's wrong. I mean, obviously he had that terrible thing that happened with his grandfather, um, and so it seems like that kind of started this snowball effect. Um, seems like it's on the physical side now rather than the emotional side, um, with the not feeling hundred percent. But there there seems to be always something happening with with Javi, and so I think some of that drama, like you said, just kind of needs to go away, and he can he can kind of get back to playing baseball. I still love the energy that he brings. Still love the the um, the pizzazz that he plays with. Um, I think he he at least puts the team on the map for a little bit, um, as far as national recognition goes. Because you know a lot of his plays get on MLB.com and and get tweeted out and retweeted and stuff. And so that that's a cool level. But as far as the player and the player that he's been, this can't continue. Um, and so as far as will he get 600 at-bats next year, probably not. And I think that's going to be a tough pill for him to swallow. So hopefully he can make the adjustment um, and, and make it quickly because I still think a good baseball, ty- a good baseball team um, is with, with, with Javi on the team. I think, I think they, I mean, they've almost won 70 games with him this year, and he's been just as bad as you said. Um, he's been a terrible qualified hitter. And so imagine if he was good. Imagine if he just did a little bit more on offense and actually contributed just a little bit. That'd be that'd be exciting. Um, we do, as we talked about uh, a little bit earlier, play the Yankees again. Uh, this time in New York, which uh, shout out to uh, the U.S. Open is happening right now. I really hope in tennis. I really hope uh, the Tigers are using their off day and they're currently watching some tennis, um, like I have been. I've been like a hawk. To, to, to this, this New York um, U.S. Open. Um, it's always in New York, but they're, they're, of course, in New York at the same time, so I think it'd be cool if they, if they went out there. Um, but then we play the White Sox at home, so we continue the road trip into the, into the weekend, then we go back home and play the White Sox. So just inverting that schedule again. Um, this time I really want to beat the Yankees. Th- this time I know they're, they're kind of on fire now again. They're a little bit better. They seem to play us well, but I really want to beat them this time because they, they did us dirty. They did us dirty in Comerica. Uh, and then the White Sox, of course, I always want to sweep them. But what do you what do we think we do this, this week of baseball games? I think we get four wins this week. That might be a little bit optimistic. I know, like I said, the Yankees are going to figure figure it out against us. They typically do. Uh if but if you go through these games, I think there there are four games available to win here. Uh, I don't think Fayetto fares particularly well against Cole tomorrow, uh, the day of our release of this podcast. Um, but you look at the other two games against the Yankees, Manning against Schmidt. I like Matt Manning in that game. I just I'm I'm a little worried about the contact. Uh, numbers that he's put up we need some swing and miss at yankee stadium can't be flirting with fly balls there but it's winnable and then erod versus rodon i will take erod every day of the week against 2023 carlos rodon uh and then you look ahead to this chicago series we've seen what this team is we've seen how the tigers play the white Sox this year we kind of have their number currently we know what to do um i think we probably figure out how to win two games against them as well so uh, this should be an exciting week. It should be a week where we make a big dent towards getting those seven wins we need left to get to 70. Um, if this team could get to 70 wins as soon as possible, that is such a big accomplishment. I know we spent a little bit of time talking about it uh, at the beginning of the podcast, but it's such a good sign for this team. And, you know, maybe we are playing a little bit above where we really should be when it comes to it. Uh baseball reference looks at something called Pythagorean when it comes to win-loss record um, and your run differential and it basically compares your run differential on what your record should be compared to what your record actually is. Uh, Pythagorean has the Tigers expected 
uh, record at 57 and 80 right now. That comes to our run differential, but of course the Tigers are at 63 and 74. Um, maybe we're outperforming that by a little bit, but there are some other teams that are playing very, very well right now that are outperforming theirs as well. Teams like the Orioles, who are, I think they're on track to be one of the top seeds in uh, in the American League. They are also outperforming their their win their Pythagorean win loss as well. But for a team that a lot of people thought was going to be last place in the AL Central to be pushing for second, you know, granted in a bad division, but still pushing higher than the win total expected is is a big sign for this team. I think we can uh, we can make a big dent towards that uh, this week. Baby steps. It's all about the baby steps. I think four wins is a good prediction. I, I like that. Um, I, I think uh, it will be flip flop this week. I think we will get, actually get the, the two wins in New York, um, and then we're gonna falter against the White Sox because that's just kind of what we do. And we also just don't play well at home. We just don't do it. So, um, so I really, really hope. I really hope that we win Miggy's last couple games. That just they're at home, obviously. Playing the playing the Guardians, we played the Royals before that at home. We we should win that series, both of those series. But I'm just I just it scares me that they're at home because we just we do not seem to play very well at Comerica. But you know it's okay. We'll we'll make it through. Um, Josh, where can the kids find us? We are on all of our social media po- at Old English D Pod. You can find us there. I post about the release of the podcast, so you guys know exactly. When it goes live, we try to post on there to let you guys know any updates, if we have releases, stuff like that. We're hopefully with my schedule here becoming quite a bit more stable. I can get it, get some of those videos out to you guys. Uh, I'm excited. This this last month of baseball is going to be excited. We're playing some teams we don't usually play, teams like the Angels and the Dodgers uh, and the A's later in the uh month we play the reds here coming up soon it's a really good baseball team there's still some things to watch with this team it's not worth turning off the tv quite yet folks you should keep watching uh we will definitely be keeping an eye on this baseball team going forward so what you're saying is is you're not going to be watching the lions here coming thursday i mean i have multiple screens but i will i will definitely be keeping (laughs) keeping tabs on our tigers though I might even watch the Lions, dude. I, you know, I just, I, I do not like football. I do, I have zero desire to, to like it. And as soon as I start talking about it or whatever, it's going to appear on my algorithms. It's going to start happening on Twitter, Instagram, all that. It's, it's nothing that I'm excited about, but I have to make the offseason a little bit more palpable. I don't watch anything in the winter, and it, it's very boring. It's very sad as far as my sports life goes. And so if I can watch the Lions be as good as people say they're going to be, that could be kind of fun. It could be a precursor to the Tigers being great again. Detroit sports. So, I love it. I'm willing to make I'm willing to make some concessions this year <laughs> that that maybe I will watch. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll play a game by game. I'll be and I, and I understand what I'm saying. I'm a complete fair weather fan. I never ever claimed to be a football fan, never claimed to be a Lions fan. I, I will try. I will try to watch some NFL ball games this year. They don't call them ball games. Do they call them ball games? Football games? What do they call them? I think that's appropriate. I don't think it's no, super okay. common, but people say it. I'm going to try to figure out what's happening, too. Like, I get the whole first down thing, but pretty much besides that, don't really know what's happening. So uh, I'll try and learn the sport this year as Sounds well. Sounds fun. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for joining me. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And as always, go Tigers. <laughs>